Welcome to Wisdom and the Word Podcast, the show that not only answers your questions from God's Word, but equips believers with the foundational truths for their faith. We're excited that you've taken time to join us and hope that today's content is valuable to you. In today's episode, Pastor Wiley answers a listener's question from the Bible. Welcome to Wisdom in the Word. We're glad that you're joining us today. This is our Thoughtful Thursday broadcast as we are answering questions from God's Word, questions from our listeners that are submitted to us. And if you have questions, we want to encourage you to send them to us. Now, you can email us uh, at podcast.watw at gmail.com. That's podcast.watw, which stands for Wisdom in the Word, at gmail.com. And so we want to encourage you to send us your questions. I've got a few questions left here as we uh, continue on for a few more weeks. But if you have them, we'll take them and we'll add them to the list. Today, we're answering a question from one of our listeners from Genesis chapter number 32. Let me read to you what they said. In Genesis 32, 24 to 32, when Jacob wrestled with a man until the breaking of the day, was this the Lord? And what was the reason this incident happened? Was the Lord trying to beat Jacob into submission and the pride out of Jacob to teach him a valuable lesson in trusting the Lord? And then Jacob is renamed Israel after that, dot, dot, dot. So I think somebody's wanting a little bit of information about what was transpiring here in these verses, what was actually going on. And so we're going to take just a few minutes and we're going to answer that question today from Genesis 32. Let me read to you uh, the passage in question here. It's Genesis 32, beginning in verse 24. The Bible says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, unto this day because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. Now, again, we're finding Jacob here, and let's kind of talk a little bit about Jacob, because the question of, of this question kind of is answered when we begin to understand who Jacob is and what his background is. Remember that Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. Remember, Abraham begets Isaac. Isaac begets Jacob and Esau. Esau was the firstborn. Jacob was born after him. But remember, they they were twins and they were delivered together. It was just that Esau came out of the womb first. And we find that Jacob was named Jacob, which literally means supplanter, um, heel grabber uh, is kind of the concept of Jacob's name. And because of the way that he was born. Now, what we find about Esau, of course, was Esau was a man of the field. He was a man who who hunted. He was a man who um, who his father loved. He and his father shared a love for carnal appetites. 
he and Isaac shared. But Jacob was a man of the tents. He learned of the things that were going on. He was a very good cook. He had learned from his mother. Um, he had a very different approach and a very different life. And the Bible says that Isaac favored Esau, but Rebekah favored Jacob. And so this was the way in which he was raised. When the time came for the blessing, we know that Jacob, in his deception, he deceived and cunningly deceived his father in order to receive the blessing that was supposed to go to Esau. And as a result of that, uh, he was sent away because Esau would seek to kill him. And ultimately, we come to this passage, and for the first time, he is going to have a, a confrontation or he's going to see Esau since he left. It's been many years, and he's afraid that his brother is going to be angry with him and ultimately try and take his life. And so as we lead up to this, what has happened is Jacob has worked uh, for his wives. He worked seven years, who, what he thought was going to be Rachel, but was given Leah instead. And then, of course, after that, he worked another seven years uh, for Rachel. And then after not liking the way that he was being treated by his father-in-law, Laban, he is determined to take his flocks and his herds and go away. And as he's leaving and departing, he knows he is, he gets word that he's going to have a confrontation with Esau. So that's what's happening. It's a it's a very stressful time in Jacob's life, but remember his history. He has been known, characterized by the fact that he was a supplanter, a deceiver. Uh, he was one that was taking things that didn't belong to him in a way that was unbecoming, that was not uh, scrupulous. And so this is where he's at in his own personal life. This particular moment uh, is one of a few incidents that Jacob is going to have where God is going to meet with him and try and deal with him, where God was going to speak to him and speak to his heart. And so in this text, when we find this verse 24, that's what's happened. He is, um, again, crossed over the brook Jabbok uh, here in this, in this text. He is getting ready to send bride bribes across to his brother Esau in hopes that it would appease his wrath and he would not kill him. He has just separated from Laban and gone out on his own, and it is a very stressful time in Jacob's life. So with all that being said, we explore the question today. It says, when Jacob wrestled with a man until the breaking of the day, was this the Lord? Well, it seems very clear from this text, the way that it's stated, that this was the Lord. Now, you'll see that it says in verse number 24 that he wrestled with a man, right? Wrestled with a man. So again, there's not really the indication that we're seeing an angel here, that we're dealing with a man. So someone that looks like a man. And he wrestles with him until the break of day. And then, of course, he doesn't prevail, and the 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 man touches his high, which means his thigh, which means that the man has supernatural ability. This is not just a normal man; it's obviously someone else other than a normal man, because he has miraculous ability to be able to touch his thigh and cause it to shrink. He touches him, and forever Jacob is going to have a limp as a result of he's he's definitely affected by the way that he's had contact with this man. Then we find what he says about it. He actually gives the statement that makes it clear who he's wrestling with. You'll notice what the Bible says here um, in this text. He tells him, he asks, what is thy name? He says, Jacob. The angel 
or the man changes his name. You notice what he says, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. And so here Jacob is given the other name. And this is always indicative when a heart change takes place. We see this throughout the scriptures. When a name change takes place, it's usually because there's been some impact of God. There's been some new relationship. And so Jacob wrestles with the man. His name is changed from Jacob to Israel. And notice, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, okay, and has prevailed. So again, he says, you've had power with God. Then notice as he goes on, he asks the angel's name, the angel says, uh, or the man's name, and the man really won't give him his name, which is also very clear. When God is confronted with his name, he gives Moses the name, I am that I am. Uh, people would know him. He was uh, he was really the nameless God uh, to the Hebrews. They knew him as Elohim and, and different things, but God was very uh, cautious about the revelation of his name. And so he does not reveal his name, which is also another indicator that we're probably dealing with the Lord. And then again, verse 30 kind of seals the deal. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel or Peniel, for I have seen God face to face. There it is, his own personal revelation from Jacob's testimony. He says, I've seen God face to face and my life is preserved. And this goes back to the Hebrews understanding of not being able to see God and being able to live. That is, no man can see God and live. Now, obviously, this was a limited manifestation of God. Uh, this was a, a, a theophany and most likely a Christophany. Now, again, a theophany is a limited manifestation of God in some sort of human form in the Old Testament. And then, of course, we believe that this is probably the Lord Jesus. And so it's a Christophany. It's a pre-incarnate uh, manifestation of Christ in some sort of physical form because of the way he says this, I've seen God face to face and I have lived. So again, this his life being preserved is indicative of the fact that they believed that you could not see God and live through the ordeal. And so he believed that God had spared his life because he had seen God and wrestled with God, but he had not, as a result, uh, died. And so he believed this was a miracle. Now, what was actually happening here in these verses? Well, again, our writer question was the Lord trying to beat him into submission and, and the pride out of Jacob, teach him a valuable lesson in trusting the Lord. Well, really, this was all about Jacob coming to the understanding of who he was. Um, he's left Laban. He's out on his own now. He's got his wives. He's got his future ahead of him. His brother Esau is confronting him. He's being confronted with who he was and what he has done. And this particular passage is about Jacob reconciling the fact that he is going to be somebody different going forward. He's not going to be the heel grabber, the supplanter, the deceiver that he was when his brother Esau knew him. Uh, he's going to go in a different direction. Essentially, this is like a form of repentance. He's going to change his mind about who he's been. He's going to move in a different direction. And God is at work in his life. He changes his name from Jacob to Israel because he's, he's now one that has power with God. And this is very different than the earlier part of Jacob's life. In fact, Jacob is going to struggle and he's going to have to have some uh, 
some more interaction with God as God continues to shape him and transform him and make him the father of a great nation. Jacob is going to go through some really difficult ordeals uh, when Joseph is perceived to be dead. And later, later on, Benjamin is taken captive. And, and then he finds out that Joseph is still alive. And, and with the wicked sons that he had and some of the things that they did, Jacob is going to go through a lot. He's going to need God. He is going to need God's help. And so this is kind of that moment. Uh, We would call this maybe the conversion moment, even though salvation wasn't exactly the same in the Old Testament. We would say that this is the moment that he met God. This is the moment that his life is transformed and it was changed. And so God is trying to teach him a valuable lesson and God is trying to deal with his, his pride and bring him into submission. But most importantly, he's trying to establish Jacob in a new pattern of life. He's trying to get Jacob to admit and to abandon the way that he has been living so that he can live and determine to live in a different way, even as he on the morrow faces his brother Esau. We notice in chapter 33 that uh, he lifts up his eyes and looks and he behold Esau, Esau's coming. And the previous part of the chapter, he's been preparing all of these bribes to be able to send to his brother so that he can, he can appease his wrath. And so this is really a climax, a culmination of what's going on inside of Jacob so that God can deal with this and deal with his heart. And of course, we know that God wants the same for us. That is, God who loves us wants to save us, and he wants us to come to the admission of our own guilt and the admission of our own sin, and he wants us to determine at some point, not only that we are going to believe in God and who he is, but that we are going to walk in a different way. Now, again, the only way that we can walk in a different way and change the way that we live is if we are changed from the inside out. And so we know that Christ changes us from the inside out, that when he saves us, a new name is written down in glory. And not only that, but he has, again, made us new creatures in Christ. And so this newness that takes place then gives us the power, not in our own power, but by the power of the Spirit, to be able to change the way that we live. So God's desire is for change, but his real desire is for relationship, and relationship that brings about change. And that's exactly what salvation is. It's relationship that brings about change. And I hope that if you're listening here today, I hope that you do know Christ. I hope that you have a relationship with him. I hope that that you have acknowledged the fact that you are a sinner, that you've believed on, in Christ as the, the only begotten son of God, the one who came to take away your sin. And I hope that you have confessed and received the gift of eternal life from Jesus Christ. If not, today could be your day. Today could be the day that you receive Christ as Savior. Today could be the day of your transformation and change. Today could be the day that you RSVP for heaven. And I would encourage you to do that today, to talk to the Lord and pray and tell him, admit to him that you're a sinner. Tell him that you believe who Jesus is and what he did for you, that he died for you as a substitution at Calvary, that your sin is what has separated you from him. And confess to him that he is He is Lord and receive him as Savior. And you too can be saved and your life can be changed and a new name given to you. In fact, in this passage, Jacob becomes Israel. And God is in the process of working from the inside out. We have no idea how God has already been working in Jacob's life. But this moment is an important moment where he wrestles with the Lord. And yes, the answer to the question is yes. He wrestled with the Lord himself here in this passage. And he received a blessing from him. And he goes on his way and he reconciles with Esau. And there are some wonderful things that come out of this particular moment in the life of Jacob. 
Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Thoughtful Thursday. We hope that you will once again uh, send us your questions if you have them for Thursday. Remember, you can email us at podcast.watw at gmail.com. Podcast.watw at gmail.com. And we'll receive those questions and add them to our list. We appreciate you taking time to listen today and have your Bible questions answered. We hope you'll join Join us on Tuesday as we continue in our Bible study of Hebrews 12, picking up in verse number four. Thanks so much from all of us here at Wisdom in the Word. Have a great day and God bless. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Wisdom in the Word podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show on your favorite podcast app and sharing something you've learned on social media. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope to see you next time on Wisdom in the Word.